0: My name is Dale Veran. I'm the CEO for Fortune Bay Corp. We're a, a junior listed company in Canada on the TSXV under the symbol FOR and in Frankfurt under the symbol uh, 5QN. We also recently began trading on the OTCQX under the symbol FTBYF. Uh, our company has uh, 2 advanced Gold projects, one being the Goldfields project in Saskatchewan um, and our uh, asset in Mexico, the Ixwatan project, Both projects across the categories around three million ounces of gold. We focus on the goldfields project in Saskatchewan, and that project is currently under a PEA. We're also advancing two uranium projects, which are right near our goldfields project in Saskatchewan, and they have potential for high-grade Athabasca Basin-related uranium deposits.
1: Good stuff, Dale. Good to see you. Um, you back in May, but we wanted to kind of reach out to companies that um, we think have got you know, something about them in terms of the management team and, and, and the assets, and see what they're doing in difficult markets. And we're definitely in a difficult market uh, at the moment. Uh, and we're going to lean today, I think, slightly towards the kind of gold side of the story because, again, I think that's interesting, especially when you know gold prices come off in terms of how companies approach that one. But we better tip our hat towards the uranium stuff, people. Super, super excited about what you what you've got there and what you're doing. So, g- give go on, give us the update. How's the
0: uranium going? Uh, uranium's going great. Um, we started drilling this um, earlier this sort of late spring and into the summer months. Uh, we've got two uranium projects: the Strike and Mermac projects. And we began the drilling at the Strike projects, where we've done some uh, ground gravity surveying through the winter and, and early spring. And the idea was to test these EM conductors. So, the EM conductors are these favorable graphitic rocks where that typically host these Athabasca related deposits. And to generate targets along these EM conductors, we did some gravity surveying and came up with some really nice gravity targets. We, com- we compiled that with all the historical data, which included datasets from Cameco, where they'd done some, um, some more detailed boots on the ground prospecting. And we commenced drilling. Uh, targets this this spring. Now the idea was to test across these EM conductors that had never been drilled before, and it was really exciting because we saw all the right hallmarks for these types of uranium deposits. Um, we completed nine holes um, uh, uh, testing some of these targets, and we had some really favorable results. You now our team's really excited about what we've found there. In all the nine holes, we intersected these, the right rock types. Those are great start. These graphitic rocks, uh, we've confirmed the graphite. there. in those graphitic rocks, we saw these structures where these fluids can move. And on top of that, we saw alteration and we found some uh, elevated radioactivity. So that indicates there's a presence of uranium there. We're still waiting for assays, but we're really excited about what we've found. And, and that really tells us we've got a, uh what we believe is a mineralizing system on the property. the right geological processes have been in play, and there's potential to find a nearby uranium deposit where we've had some of these elevated counts um um of radioactivity
1: okay. So you, you you're finding what you want is I guess it's trying to put that into language that people understand I and mean, you you you've got a little bit technical there in the sense of you know the 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 structures that you're you're finding and it's giving you well it's giving you confidence that you're going to find what you what you need to find but what do you think the market's going to react to Are you going to have to find the deposits You're going to have to find the source um, of this of, of this uranium I and mean, how
0: do you, how do you play it. Yeah, you know, the, these are. This is the first time we've ever, these have ever been tested, and we're certainly seeing the right types of things. And you know, the market reaction really will come when we can drill some higher grade uranium. Um, you know, we're still waiting for the assay results from this drilling campaign. So there, we'll see the the actual uranium numbers in terms of u three oh eight in the rock, and we'll be able to report that along with you know looking for the right types of pathfinders. You know, knowing that we're in the right area, uh, chasing the right uh, Types of uh, settings for these deposits. So, um, you know, this is really the initial results, and the initial results have shown that we've got all the right ingredients there, and we found what we leave some mineralization or indications of uranium. And we won't get the actual numbers until those assays come out, and that could be sort of, you know, anything from three to six weeks. Okay, so not not far off, not far off at all. I mean, are you
1: tempted to, in terms of um, you know, getting those messages into market? In this market specifically, um, you know, companies have done that, and the market has not reacted at all. So, in terms of how do you time that information flowing into the marketplace? How
0: do you you feel about that one? Because it's a it's a tough one. Yeah, you know, timing's tricky, and you can you know never quite get that right. But you know, we've we've got a plan. We've done our drilling. We we showed what we got from the initial results. Um, when the assays come out, that's likely going to be material for us. We'll, we'll release that, and uh, you know we'll have to see where the markets at. I mean, the uranium price is still pretty strong at, at fifty dollars a pound, but obviously the, the the equity markets in general are, are certainly down. So you know we, we'll put those results out, and we'll we'll have a plan to then follow up and and. Hopefully, uh, the markets improve later this year, and we we'll be able to raise some more money at um, at better prices.
1: Which is which is the, the 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 prayer and the hope from from lots of CEOs um, at at the moment. You know, markets come come and go, and that you know we usually come out the other side. So I think I think you know that's well understood. It's it's a question of like how do you time it in terms of how do you preserve or how do you allocate capital? So nine holes into this thing, is that this done until the Aussies? You know, come out and until the market recovers, or
0: do you plan to kind of go back in there? Well, you know, we, we, the initial plan was to test these nine targets across Stripe and get some initial results that we could then interpret and, and then take the, the, pro, the project forward. So it's really a first pass of testing these targets. We have some terrific targets at our Mermac project as well, and we announced those uh, last month. And you know, Murmac really also the, the right ingredients are there. So we wanted to also test that project and across the two projects determine where the most favorable areas are for further focus. Now, of course, we're hoping for a nice high grade intercept from Murmac. Uh, whether it comes on or not, we'll have to see what the, the results generate. But the idea is to, to get a, a test of these conductors across the properties. And determine where the best areas are for follow because we certainly see the right ingredients from the historical data, from our geophysical data sets, the boots on the ground prospecting we've done that we're in the right area to make a discovery.
1: Right, and and obviously this is a relatively new thing for the company, and so not for you. Your, your track record and the team, your team's track record in terms of um, the uranium space is, is you know long and illustrious, but. Um, d- have you, had, have you had any other kind of thoughts about what this company becomes because I you know I want to talk to you about the gold component right that that's why I actually called you I want to say I want to talk about the gold component that bit hasn't gone away um, despite you know the gold price coming off a little bit I think you know that's you know gold is a much more accessible and investable area for lots of investors but for those in the know perhaps uranium is a bit more exciting can, can you be all things to all men and sort of run those two parallel tracks
0: yeah you know, we, when we raise our money in December we um we certainly had interest from investors for us to pursue, you know, both, both commodities. Um, you know, the gold really helps under, underpin our value. We've got an advanced project there in goldfields. you know, a million ounces indicated, 200,000 inferred. Uh, it's, it's a project that has, you know, great infrastructure. It's got a development permit. So that, you know, that's with a P and uh, underway there that it really underpins, you know, our, our value to the company. And then obviously some big upside there on the uranium um, exploration. So you know investors really wanted to see us, us pursue both and 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 like the the combination, the diversification. Um, but down the road, you know, we certainly could look at, at spinning the uranium out. So I think there's a tremendous opportunity there. Uh, you know, the two projects would stand very well on their own in a company, um, and with the ability to perhaps add other projects into that. So that's certainly something that's been discussed, and it's really. You know it's, it's a matter of uh, we'll see where we go in terms of results, we'll see where the markets go, and you know that's something that we'll evaluate more carefully toward the fall or end of the year when we, we look to raise money again,
1: right? Okay, okay, and I, like I so we can talk another time about how you kind of play the uranium component in, in, in this market. We've seen a little bit of MA, we've seen a little bit of um, you know, smaller companies coming in with small projects, hoping to advance them into a kind of positive uranium market. It's come off a little bit from the sort of low 60s down to 50s but compared to where it was 12 months ago price is right but what, what's happening in the in the marketplace if you don't mind me tapping you up for a bit of insider insight into what's happening in the market at the moment is, is, is Russia the problem or is it wider than that
0: yeah I think I think that's certainly uh, um, playing into that you know, production out of Kazakhstan where we see like 40 percent of the world's uranium production coming from I think their fears of security of supply there. Um, and people looking to more safer jurisdictions you know for for uranium, certainly a lot of you know activity in the US and some of those companies performing really well. Um, and you know I think that generally the, the fundamentals remain really strong for uranium. We've seen you know the EU talk about nuclear projects being green in nature, um, and that really plays in loss. Well. So all this, the fundamentals are there. The uranium price is still quite good. It, you know the, the markets have obviously come off, all the Uranium juniors um, have come off from previous highs you know, toward the end of last year, but I think it's a, it's, it's a terrific time to be investing in Uranium and I think we're going to see a lot of uh, exploration to come, a lot of uh, these development projects move forward and, and production come online, particularly focused in some of these safer jurisdictions you know, like Canada and the US.
1: Okay. Well, let's say let's let's tap this up uh, another day, another conversation um, about the uranium specifically. Here to talk about gold, you've got some gold projects. You know, Mexico we've talked about at length um, previously in terms of how you move that one um, forward. I mean, Exitan is something that's been a you know, I'd say, and take this in the nicest possible way. So, a problem child for you about how do you play that in a, in a, in a Mexican market, which is you know kind of slightly saturated in the sense of there's lots of you know precious metal stories coming out of there. Um, you you've obviously you know um, got a an inferred gold resource on that one, but what's, what's the preferred route of uh, attack on that component? Because I think the gold
0: I want to talk about the goldfields project specifically. So, what, what are you doing with Mexico? The mix asset, you know, we have certainly looked at. There's two ways we can look at that. One is a sort of pipeline asset for the company. It's not a problem to hold the the project. Uh, you know, the the mining concession is good for 50 years. Uh, we can continue to do that. Obviously, there's a cost associated with doing that, holding it. You know, we've definitely looked to turn there um, at some point as a pipeline asset. Um, it's a project that's just got tremendous potential on the exploration side. It's obviously got that resource. Across the categories 1.7 million ounces in gold, uh, some really nice high grades near surface there. Um, so something that could produce revenue and then terrific exploration potential for this big porphyry system at depth that's giving rise to the epithermal systems such as Campamento, which is the resource, scar and mineralization, and then the porphyry itself, where there's been some tremendous holes drilled. Um, so, in terms of, you know, either it's a pipeline asset for us or it's something we could look to spin out in the nearer term to unlock some value. Now we've Certainly been talking to people about that and had a lot of interest, but we haven't quite arrived at the right transaction. We had some detailed discussions going with one party for a while, but that didn't um, materialise in the end. But certainly interest, and it's about finding the right partner in the shorter term to unlock value or potentially turning to it as a pipeline asset uh, in future.
1: So pipeline assets suggest you, you'd need a chunk of money to kind of one develop this thing out and maybe add to it with satellite projects or additional projects elsewhere in in Mexico. What what's the likelihood of that? Was the appetite for that at board level?
0: Well, there's certainly. I mean, the board and you know our technical team recognise the potential in that project. So it would require you know raising money to go down there and start some work. I mean, we've already identified what needs to happen in terms of the next steps, So we have a clear plan on on budgets and. Uh, what that technical work would entail. Um, so definitely, you know, there is some interest, but it, you know, it's a project that it's in southern Mexico and Chiapas, so it's not a well-established mining space. And on the community front, there's certainly more work that needs to be done in terms of establishing access. So you have to uh, negotiate with the local ajitos, which are the community groups, to get access. That's been done successfully in the past. We we confident can be done again in future. We've we've had. Some of our people go down there and talk to the communities, and there's overall a, a you know positive uh, uh, view toward starting some work. But it does take time to do that and do that right, and then maintain those relationships. So it it takes a bit of legwork. So it's something that we'd you know could look to start as a you know certainly on the community side, and then look to actually get boots on the ground to to get work done. But it's it's not as easy as operating in Saskatchewan. Um, you know, Saskatchewan just a very easy top-ranked jurisdiction to go do work. So, especially coming, you know, when the company really got going again um, in, in amongst COVID, obvious focus is is Saskatchewan. But that's a great pipeline asset we can turn to in Mexico to to unlock value for the company.
1: Okay, so look, and obviously, you can, 1.7 of one point seven million ounces all categories uh, of resources is is worth something to to someone. You're in no rush to. Offload it in the sense that you 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 can you keep this thing for a while, but you you kind of hit the nail on the head there. There there are discussions going on now with investors saying, well, what what does a tier one jurisdiction mean anymore? Like Mexico, you know, talk of nationalisation on on, on lithium projects. Um, The more broad conversation around socialism, we're seeing some you know stories coming out of Chile, coming out of Colombia, Peru. South America is is starting to look like a basket case. Um, again, it has in the past, it, it will in the future. Um, but there are a lot of, and, and I do appreciate there's a lot of companies operating down there. It's like, is it still a tier 1 jurisdiction, or do, you need, do we need to look at this on a state by state basis rather than just you know nationally?
0: Yeah, I think you know Mexico certainly had its fair share of challenges recently, you know, specifically for mining companies, and it's uh, you know I'd say the risks are, are, are likely greater there, and. It, there's something you need to look at on a state by state. The states like Chihuahua, Sonora, which which have w- well established mining histories, uh, mines in operation. Some of those, you know, have had issues re- lately. But this, you know, being down in southern Mexico, uh, it's less well established. So there's a lot more education that needs to go into the communities about mining, the mine, the exploration process, and and we'll take that sort of effort to get that going. But you now, overall, Mexico, I think. It's still a well-established mining jurisdiction. Um, it certainly had challenges recently, but I think it's going to continue. I think there's a, a need for Mexico to to have a strong resource sector.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let, let's 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 see how it goes. Here's the thing. Here's the one that actually gets me going. Is the goldfields project um, that you've got? Okay. You, you talk about unlocking true potential. So. The beginning phase of, of, of what you want to do here. So maybe just remind people, you know, what you've got there and what you're trying to do with
0: it. The goldfields project, it's you know, it's had a long history for sure. It's you know, it's seen various exploration and and um, you know studies done in the past. Um, it's a resource that it's it's up near Uranium City. We're about twenty five kilometers away. And it's really endowed with some some really good attributes. It's it's got good project infrastructure, good road from Uranium City. Uranium City itself has an airport. Uh, it's got accommodation. Uh, there's a power line right to our site. That power line um, runs down from the hydro station at Charlotte River, which currently feeds Uranium City with power. Um, it's our project's got a valid development permit. So in 2008, the previous owner uh, had an Environmental impact statement approved by the government of Saskatchewan for an open pit mine and a, and a mole with a capacity of 5,000 ton per day. So these are a lot of key things for the project. Now, geologically, it's got a, a resource, a good resource. It's got a million ounces, roughly indicated, 200,000 inferred. That that indicated resources are at a grade of about 1.34 gram a ton. Um, so it's it's and it's an open pit project. On the geology side it's you know the the we 've done a new re, um, resource model which incorporates uh, a geological model at which we, we know there's some higher grade sweet spots near the surface that one can go after early in mine life metallurgically the 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 the, the deposit's very simple it 's really just a pure gold deposit and when you go look at the flow sheets or potential flow sheet, a lot of that about half that gold comes out through gravity, and the rest then comes out through you know the initial flow sheet was envisaged flotation and then leach. We're looking at it more from the aspect of going straight from a gravity to a hole or leach and then a carbon in pulp. So there's a lot of, it's quite a simple metallurgical we're looking at a situation, we're looking at around recoveries potentially of 93 94%, which would be an improvement from the 2011 PFS. So, you know, at the moment that that project um, is in a PEA, we announced that in April, and the PEA really comprises two phases. The first phase being what they call a mind-to-mill optimization, where we're just looking at different business case scenarios for the project and choosing the most preferable scenario to take into the PEA itself. Obviously, also considering various the permitting conditions and social conditions.
1: No, okay, and, and that's that, that with with the Senco, Um it's interesting to me. So, in terms of the historic data um, and you know the work that you've done on it, it's I mean it's, it's not a, not a big resource and it's not particularly high grade, but it's enough to kind of get you going. And talking about mind to mill optimization um, process suggests that you feel that this thing can accelerate through the the phases as it were, the PEMs being the first one. But or is that, is that right? I mean, how are you viewing this?
0: Yeah, you know, you know it's, there's certainly different, you know, throughput scenarios one could envisage. You know, the, the, having the permit in hand is a is a is an advantage, and one could start under that existing permit and then look to expand the operation through amendments to that permit, which are are allowed. So, you know, as part of the PEA, we are looking at different mining scenarios, and we'll select the one that we believe is preferable to take through into the detailed PEA.
1: Right, but but I'm, but I'm more interested in the kind of the, the the kind of scale of the ambition here because, like, I say the company yeah. itself, more broadly, you know, you kind of had shareholders part of this story the whole way along. You, you know, you you're dealing with the kind of the Mexican component. You kind of you know got this new thing with shiny Object, which we should be looking at, which is kind of the uranium element, you know. And I think people are rightly excited about that one. But then, you know, look, looking looking back at the goldfields project, is like, do we have an opportunity to actually move? Into a producing company type profile, just get the ball rolling and then kind of look to kind of you know build something up around that. Or is this a typical Canadian, let's drill the bejesus out of this thing and sort of see what what size resource we can get to? I'm just just so intrigued by how you're coming at it, because you're not a Canadian.
0: Yeah, so you know, you know, we got to, there's two sort of aspects to what we're doing at Goldfield. So, one is the development side, um, which is it's currently the PA is underway, and we're looking to show the market in today's terms what the project could be, what it's valued at, and what it's going to produce. There's also the expiration aspect. So, we did some drilling in um, last year in 2021, what we called our phase one, and we had some really good, we, we basically stepped outside of the current resources at the two deposits, Box and Athona. And we demonstrated that the deposits we we expanded both deposits, the mineralization footprints. Had some really nice um, drill intersections at the box deposit outside the resource. You know, eight gram um, a ton over twelve meters. We had a thirteen point two two gram a ton over eight meters. So some really nice higher grade numbers. Now this is getting a bit deeper, so we'll have to evaluate those as part of the PEA whether they are open pitable or there's potential for underground. So there's 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 a, the ability to expand these um, deposits and and build a bigger project here. So in terms of your question, you know, we're certainly wanting to uh, get a snapshot in time what this project's worth with the current resources, uh, with the ability to then expand. And you know, you mentioned you know, a lot of Canadian companies just you know drilling uh, the Jesus out of these these sorts of deposits and. Um, you know, I think what, what's important is the economics. You know, you, you can't just keep drilling if it's not going to ultimately be, become a resource and, and a reserve at the end of the day. So we really, the PEA really gives us that as a, a, that tool, right? To look at the resources as we currently have it and say what is, what is economic, likely economic, what is not, and let that guide future exploration efforts so instead of us going and just spending a whole lot of shareholder money. Sure, we can put some nice numbers up on the board. But what does that really mean at the end of the day? So that's you know that's what's driving our process here, and it's certainly in line with our strategy to you know allocate capital wisely and and spend shareholders' money uh, in the best way possible.
1: Okay, Gerd, and so, so I'm going to keep pushing on this one because I. I, I, I there's lots of companies saying the same thing. There's a lot of white noise, right? And lots of companies in the same position as you. In fact, lots of companies more broadly in the market, same same place as you in terms of you know what the, what the share price has done, but also in terms of you know moving to that point where you'll be you'll be cash constrained at some point. You're going to need some rates, some money, and will it be expensive money or not, depending on what your share price is, right? So you, the, the the work that you've done at Box and Athona at in terms of these high grade, your 8.74 over five meters and eight grams over 12 meters, it's all kind of good stuff, if it's economic. Right, and and you'll you'll work to you you work um, on that with, within the constraints of the of the PEA. I'm trying to work out is how do you create a point of differentiation between you and all of these other stories, because historically these big sexy high grade gold numbers as headlines have worked in the marketplace. I think in the last twelve months it hasn't. I think that. Historically, companies that have got into production kind of get a production um, multiple on, on them. That's another way of you know you know creating creating value for shareholders. So it's a question of how do you come at that and what's the process you're going to go through to work out which route you go down.
0: Yeah. So you know the PA is going to be key for us in terms of you know putting some numbers out there what the project's worth, and and then you know depending on results we can look to. Continue to de risk the projects. In other words, go into a PFS uh, level study. And in conjunction with that, we'll decide whether we continue to explore. Um, there's some obvious areas that we, we could follow up. And obviously, as I mentioned, those areas will be guided by the, the broader economics of the project. So it's really two paths. You know, we see ourselves going on de-risk, initially de risking the asset, looking at what it's worth, and then continue to explore with the ability to with new draw results, the ability to update the resource in future studies like a PFS or, or Feasibility Level Study.
1: Right, so it, it sounds kind of conventional and maybe that maybe it is, maybe that that, that, that is the way this thing goes but it, it, I'm just again trying to sort of speak to companies and work out why they're different from all the rest and there is a lot of all the rest. Some of whom may become mines eventually and most of whom won't. Um, and some of them will be able to monetize their assets along the way, and some of them won't. So you know, you and, and your board, you're not you're, you're mind builders. You're, you're, are you purporting to be mind builders, or would you monetize it along the study process?
0: Yeah, the, you know, we're not mind builders. Um, I'll be the first to admit that. You know, I'm a geologist by background, and uh, a lot of experience in exploration and developments, and that's really you know what I've been brought in to do is, is take the, the project through those parts. Uh, You know, down the road, we certainly open to different options. Whether our company evolves into a production company, it's it's certainly one scenario. Or, you know, we can look to um, monetize the assets um, through through a sale or or opportunity with a partner. You know, and I think, you know, generally speaking, the you know there's there's a there's a market for these types of projects out there. You know, we, we know that gold mining companies need to replenish their reserves and. I think they're looking for projects in safer jurisdictions, you know, and we certainly have that and in terms of those differentiators you're asking about Matt, you know I think where our project stands out while it 's not the biggest or the highest grade, uh, we believe it's going to produce some really robust economics, and it has all the other things around it that that um, make it different and that's one you know top jurisdiction it's in Saskatchewan. Uh, you know that recently ranked number one in Canada by the Fraser Institute. Two, we've got the project infrastructure: the road, the power line to sites. We near Uranium City; it's a it's an operating town. It has an airport. Uh, and then three, you know, the uh, the permit. We have a. It's already had environmental screening. And then I should also add on that permitting side, you know, the social uh, con- considerations. You know, the Uranium City community and the First Nations communities in that area. There's a strong mining History there. A lot of the people have worked on mines in Saskatchewan. Uranium City itself was a a, a mining town. Um, And so, there's a, you know, we amongst people we've spoken to, there's a strong desire to see something happen again in that area. So, I think those are some key things that, you know, make our project different uh, from other projects. And with some strong economics behind it, uh, we, we believe it's the project that can go the distance.